So, John, if you died... Sorry, when you die. It's <laughs> a rather chilling distinction. <laughs> what would you want somebody to do to your apartment? What to do to my apartment? Well, I mean, look at it. It's pretty much unimprovable. So any <laughs> any cosmetic changes I'd be quite unhappy about because, you know, I've really put a lot of thought into the decoration of this place. So. John, it looks like you already died 10 years ago and nobody's touched it since. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's the vibe I'm going for. <laughs> Miss Havisham look. It's very in. <laughs> Very good. Some films are fine, just the way they are. Other films sometimes take it way too far. But really how, how that could it get? Let's go beyond. Beyond the bug set. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to Beetlejuice. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with the ideas they have posted on our social media pages. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I am Harry, the host with the most interior decor taste. Yeah, fine, yeah. <laughs> You accept, okay. And joining me as always, the host whose apartment is probably worth a negative amount by this point, it's John Lucas. Well, it's a good thing I don't own it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why you keep talking about buying it, though. One day, yeah. It's like your ambitious ambition's higher. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I'm driving down the value so I can buy a steel and then I'll flip it. Ah, uh, yeah. How's that working out for you? Well, it's progressing. It's 2020 against you. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, Beetlejuice, start Beetlejuice. of our ghost season for Halloween. Yes. Happy well, October, everybody. Yeah, so for the month of October, in keeping with our general theme, we always do a themed Halloween month. We've done in the past, we've done Vampire Month, we've mm-hmm. done Werewolf Month. And we've done Witches. Yeah, so now we're doing Ghosts. Ghost we've done year four already. I know, hasn't the time flown by, Harry? <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I used to be so young. Um... Yeah, so Beetlejuice then. What do you think? Uh, yeah, so I actually had not seen this before. Had you not? No, oh, weirdly. I, I, I really thought you had. No, I mean, it's such an iconic film that I kind of feel like I have, but I have never. I don't, to my recollection, I don't know if I've sat down and watched it mm-hmm. from start to finish. Yeah. So, I mean, what did you think? Well, what did you think? You were talking first. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Someone doesn't want to commit himself. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed looking at this film. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's visually amazing. I've said this before about Tim Burton films. I really like the way they look. I like the practical mm-hmm. effects. Mm-hmm. I like all of the costumes and the set design. And I just find them really fun to look at. Yeah. The plot, not so much. Is there anything else going for this film other than the way it looks? Well, I was going to say, it reminds me of... Uh, they recently announced this week that they've cancelled the, the Dark Crystal on Netflix. Okay. I don't know... I remember watching the first, and as it turns out, only season of that, and being like, there's not much of a plot here, but mm. gosh, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like this too. I mean, not that it's pretty, but like, it's, it's f- so fun to look at. But yeah, th- th- there's not a whole lot there in terms of the plot. This film doesn't make any sense. I mean, does it need to? Well, I feel like other Tim Burton films make sense. Okay. In what sense does it not make sense? So that's a weird sentence. But, um, <laughs> I didn't find it confusing or illogical in its own uh, No, I, I don't think like the plot necessarily didn't make any sense. Just the mm. fact that this film exists and seems to be very popular for some reason, or at least everybody seems to know it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't really know why. Because mm-hmm. this film is not good. 
I think we can finally establish that Tim Burton films in general are only good if you watch them for the first time when you were a kid. Mm, 100%. Because I think they've got all those images that just like strike you and then they stay with you even though the plot isn't that exciting. Yeah. I don't think this is a bad film. I think this is, it's, it's, it's definitely a classic and it deserves to be a classic, but I think it's, it's much more of a kid's film than I remembered it being in a weird way. Yeah, but that's, that's fine. I think the thing that really got me in this is that nothing happens for the first half of the film. It's, and then in the second half of the film, then it just starts to not really make any sense and it just unwinds. Mm. And it, it just goes a bit too crazy and just everything's happening at once and uh, you, you just lose track. I don't know how this film ends. I have watched it. Okay. I, 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 I just don't... I don't know. I think it was just a bit too much and I just kind of phased out because like I, I'm lost. Yeah. And I, I felt like... I didn't feel like I was lost. I did feel somewhat that i was kind of just passively watching it happen yeah i was just kind of like oh okay this is this is happening now i guess yeah it it doesn't really hang together brilliantly as a story no not at all i think that's what i mean by it doesn't make sense yeah yeah it's not the most plotty plot no obviously because it's like it's just some things happening and Mm. you know weird bits of sort of tim burtonisms in the world but also in the first half of this film almost nothing happens yeah although i don't know maybe i might i'm not sure if i don't prefer the first half hour i think i do too yeah (laughs) it does at least have some story set up yeah and then once that set up has happened then it it just kind of drifted for me a little bit but yeah it's surprising how much beetlejuice is not in the movie i think that's kind of what got to me yeah was that he's he's the title character he's an iconically recognizable character mm-hmm. with the black and white stripes yeah he's not in it a lot mm-hmm. and i didn't like him <laughs> okay <laughs> wow <laughs> so it's a fail on both sides. yeah it's yeah. really like alec baldwin and gina davis's movie they're the I, stars I, like i didn't like the film because he wasn't in it and then when he was in it i didn't like you him. wished he'd go away <laughs> yeah okay yeah wow. so <laughs> yeah okay so for you this didn't work on either level really. yeah I didn't dislike it to that degree. I, I, there were bits of it that really took me back, even though I've not seen, like, watched yeah. it front to back. Like, there was certain. I mean, I could watch Catherine O'Hara do anything. You know. Yeah. I was yeah. very happy that she was in it and she was great. And there are scenes in this that are just like iconic and really memorable. You know, the, yeah. this film must have done more for Harry Belafonte's streaming, like back catalogue sales, than anything. <laughs> He's the guy who sang the, the Banana Boat song. Ah, yeah, yeah. And also Shake, 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 Sonora. The two big musical numbers. Okay. Hit songs by the a singer called Harry Belafonte. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like, they are really iconic. Yeah. And Winona Ryder as well. This is the first thing that she really did. Was this before Edward Scissorhands? Pre-Scissorhands, pre, pre, um, pre-Heathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did a somewhat known 80s teen kiddie film called Lucas. Mm. But this is, like, her first big iconic famous role and yeah i think the scene of her at the end dancing to shake 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 mm-hmm. sonora i'm sure to this day people ask her to do that every day like it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things it's just a really iconic yeah you know? and she just you can definitely tell okay watching this film it's got some famous people in it who are already famous but you can tell okay this girl's she's got something mm-hmm. she's got like star quality she's got something unique so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i enjoyed it on that level but i couldn't say it it's the most brilliantly engaging film that we've ever seen no not by a while not by a long shot oh i've got to go what about that guy in the flyer you know beetle don't even say his name you don't want his help well we might no you don't he does not work well with others what do you mean 
I didn't want to bring it up. But rather than have you stumble onto it and make another mistake, I'll tell you. He was my assistant, but he was a troublemaker. He went out on his own as a freelance bio-exorcist. Claimed he could get rid of the living. He got into more trouble. In fact, I believe he's been sleezing around your cemetery lately. The only way he can be brought back is by calling his name three times. But I strongly suggest that you remove the Dietzes yourselves. Let's do a plot summary then. Sure, okay. So, Beetlejuice, released 1988. Mm-hmm. It's the first, I think, big Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. I think he did oh, another one that we'll probably never look at called Pee-wee's Big Adventure, mm-hmm. which I think is much more of an American thing. It's uh, Have you even heard of Pee-wee Herman? Mm, yes. Yeah, he's like a children's entertainer. Yeah, I think he's much more famous in America. I have no context for him, right. except that he did this film. All, all I know about Pee-wee Herman is that he was very popular in America. They made a film about him directed by Tim Burton, mm-hmm. and at one point he got arrested for wanking in a cinema. <laughs> That's all I know about him. So cool. Sorry, Americans. Apparently he's very <laughs> beloved in America, but yeah. yeah. Um, or was before the wanking incident, but yeah, <laughs> like I think it was a porn film, but okay, I think a lot of people think he was hard done by, but he got caught wanking in. They used to have this before the internet. They had mm. this is so off topic. They used to have cinemas that would show porn, mm-hmm. and people men would just go in and have a wank, yeah, because this is before you could just go on the internet and do that. Yeah. So and he did that and got caught, and mm-hmm. then there was all this. There's a whole tabloid sting. So it wasn't like he was looking at like kitty porn or anything, it, mm-hmm. or, or he was just in a regular cinema. Mm-hmm. He was in a cinema to wank. Mm-hmm. And he had a wank. So he didn't do anything wrong, but because he was a children's entertainer, mm-hmm. I think it just like, he was kind of shamed and mm. driven out of the industry for a long time. But yeah. anyway, t- at some point before that, Tim Burton made his film, yeah. did quite well. Then he made Beetlejuice, did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Then Batman, and then everything went from there. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of his first big, probably the first time Tim Burton did an original thing that he just got to use his imagination. And you can tell, yeah. you can tell it's like, oh, I've got some money and I've got freedom to do all these crazy things. Let's just go for it. Mm. So it starts, it opens with a happily married, pretty loved up, newly wed. It doesn't say how long they've been married. Maybe seemingly, well, they're young. I certainly got that feeling. Yeah, they've got that newly wed feeling. Yeah. Yeah. They're still actively attracted to each other. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. These kind of like newlyweds living in this lovely little, well, lovely question mark house on a hill mm-hmm. in a small town mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it, it's a classic haunted house to be it does scream haunted house to be yeah, yeah absolutely yeah but yeah it's gina davis and alec baldwin alec baldwin yeah mm-hmm. half of alec baldwin yeah <laughs> alec baldwin, the young half alec baldwin the skinny years yeah um, <laughs> uh yeah so they're happily in love and and living in this house and very early on in the film they go for a drive into the town to mm-hmm. do some shopping and through a tragic accident mm-hmm. i was trying to think of a better way of phrasing that but a tragic accident they get murdered by a dog they get murdered yeah <laughs> i mean that visual was <laughs> was my first big laugh of the film like, yeah, there's not, yeah that was genuinely hilarious so yeah. they're driving and there's a dog in the road and they you know they do a hard turn to kind of avoid hitting it mm-hmm. drive through a barn and they end up like overlooking a very small drop into a, a, what looks like a shallow river yes i was surprised this killed them to be honest but, yeah but sure you know yeah Maybe and it was the, sh- the shallowness of the river that, that did it. Mm. Wasn't enough of a cushion, so the no. car just essentially landed on rocks. Well, the original 
the script was supposed to be a lot darker. I was doing this. This is John's IMDb corner here. Great. In the original script, it was supposed to be that they would fall into the river in the car, but then there was supposed to be a whole sequence of them actually drowning where she gets her arm trapped in the car door mm -hmm. and can't get out. And then they both drown. And it's like pretty gruesome. Wow. But they decided not to go with that because yeah. this is essentially a children's movie. Yeah. So I think good call. Mm hmm. But yeah, the, the the visual of them hanging over the riverbed, mm. like they've, they've crashed through the side of the barn and the car's like classically teetering like over the mm -hmm. side of a cliff, but it's not a cliff, it's just a little riverbed. Mm -hmm. And the, the very delicately weighted and they look and the, the little dog, the tiny dog whose weight would mm -hmm. so not, would so <laughs> not hold up a car. No. It's the size of your dog, Laura. Yeah. Like it's this tiny little pooch just sat on a plank and then it just maliciously jumps off mm -hmm. and they fall to their deaths. Mm -hmm. And then we see them return home wet and confused and they've got no memory of escaping the mm. accident yeah but they don't realize yet that they're dead yeah but very quickly they do come to realize that they have in fact uh, moved on to the afterlife mm -hmm. thanks to some subtle clues such as uh they're constantly cold yeah whenever they step outside they get transported into this weird kind of salvador dali painting mm -hmm. come to life kind of thing uh and, alarming yeah very alarming yeah. and they also find a handbook entitled Handbook to the recently deceased. Yeah. So that kind of gives it away. So, yeah. Yeah. So they're dead. Mm -hmm. And they seem to accept that fairly the, quickly. Really they well. They move on from the fact that they're dead very quickly. Really well. They do have problems, but it's not with the fact that they're dead. No, it's more like it's an inconvenience. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm never going to clean this house now. I'm dead. Like, yeah. They don't seem particularly bothered that they have like died. But yeah, we, we kind of stay with them as they they explore what it means to be dead. They get used to like the rules of being dead. Mm -hmm. They go on a little tour of the underworld for a while. They meet a lot, lot of wacky undead characters, mm -hmm. uh, which is where you meet some of the best creature features. I think you've got the yeah. the disembodied legs. They're really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. The That's guy with the tiny one. little shrunken head. Mm -hmm. The guy who died in a fire who's like chain smoking, who's just like a hollowed, a burnt out <laughs> husk. That's maybe my favorite. Yeah. No, no, no. My favorite is the flattened guy, actually. That's oh, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because they all look like what happened to them when they died. Mm -hmm. So it really makes you think, what did that guy do? How did he get flattened? Like, uh, I think it happened in a Saw film once. Oh, uh, well, sure. I mean, they came later, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like, I like thinking about what happened to all these people. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they... Oh, look, I get a shrunken head, but he still has a normal body. How does, that, how does that work? Is that like supposed to be a curse? Because there's a bit at the end of the film where Beetlejuice gets cursed. Mm, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But regardless, they get used to the fact that they're dead and they're kind of living in their house. Mm. But they are quite alarmed when a new family moves in. Mm -hmm. uh, and these are the Dietzes, who are a very kind of hipstery, modernish. Well, she is. New York couple. Yeah. He's actually pretty dad-like. Yeah. There's nothing here about him. Yeah. But they're a classic New York couple played by Jeffrey Jones, who's one of those character actors who's in lots of Tim Burton movies. Mm. He played the psychic in Edward, if you remember. No. Future events such as these could happen to you in the future. Nope. Nope, nothing. Okay. Sorry. Fair enough. He's in that. And Catherine O'Hara. Mm -hmm. The great Catherine O'Hara. Mm -hmm. Recent Emmy winner for Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Who is predictably fantastic. She's playing yeah. this hipster art new york fashionable kind of she kind of looks like cruella Deville's slightly warmer sister <laughs> she would make a fantastic cruella Deville. she really would especially in this she's got like the spiky hair and mm. the eyebrows mm -hmm. and she's kind of a, a sharp dresser yeah she's all about fashion and sculptures mm -hmm. and she doesn't seem particularly interested in fur but other than that she's yeah definite cruella vibes yeah uh, and their daughter lydia played mm -hmm. by winona Ryder, mm -hmm. who ironically enough 
enters the film dressed as Catherine O'Hara in The Crowning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's fully just dressed as the crow. Like, yeah. She's got like, the black wig and like just a full black. I mean, it's instantly iconic. She just mm. looks like you can tell why teenage girls and preteen girls and a few teenage boys. Did, like, she, did oh. she invent goth? I think she very quickly became a goth icon. Basically, yeah. yeah. Very quickly, she became a, a goth icon, yeah. right? and she is to this day. Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's just great. Like the costume design in any Tim Burton film is usually amazing. And, mm. Yeah, as soon as Winona comes in, you're like, that's a star. That's, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. great. So they move into the house, much to Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis's horror, mm-hmm. and they immediately start tearing the place apart. Yeah. Or Catherine O'Hara does. She wants to completely remodel it. Tearing up and down. See, now while the thoughts on my mind, I didn't really appreciate Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that they were right for the role. They were that, a little bit low energy. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't actually know Gina Davis from anything else. I do recognise the name though. Felwyn Louise? Sure. Was have, she, have you seen it? Re, y- yes, but a while ago. Was she one of them? Yes. She was the one who wasn't Susan Sarandon. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah well, I would never have been able to tell you who was in Felwyn Louise. We'll do it at some point. Cool. But yeah, I really thought that they were both, like you say, just a bit low energy. They weren't right for mm. the role. Yeah, I thought they were a bit low energy and I thought of a, a much better casting that actually works for the time as well for Alec Baldwin's character and it was Tim Allen. Sure, okay. Like yeah. he, I think he would have been really entertaining in this. Mm. And to be honest, I'm basically just thinking of Christmas with the Cranks. Sure, yeah. Just take those two and put them in this. So put Jamie Lee Curtis in as well. Yeah, I would like that. That could have worked really well. Yeah, I, I think that they can both bring the right level of energy that this film was asking for. Mm. I and then it would have made the entire first half of the film where they're the main characters yeah. much more entertaining. But also we know that Alec Baldwin can be funny because he's yeah. hysterical in 30 Rock yeah. and really energetic a lot of the times. So I don't feel he's really energetic. I feel like he, he certainly found his humour, but it's not mm. in being high energy. No, but I mean, he's not like, sometimes he can be, you know, when he's doing the impersonations of Tracy Jordan, you know, all that stuff. Like he can be, true, he can go true. over the top, but he's also funny in a dry way. Yeah. And he's neither in this film. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they get stuck weirdly playing like the straight roles. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's interesting, like the ghosts are like playing those boring characters. Yeah. But yeah, I think it almost goes a little bit too far and makes them too boring when it doesn't really give them any... Mm. I don't know, like, yeah, va-va-voom, any energy. Mm-hmm. Just the, the, just a little bit more could have... I agreed, I found them weirdly low energy. And I like them both in other things, yeah. so, yeah. But yeah, the only person who had anything to do, really, I thought was... Well, Catherine O'Hara, whenever there's, like, a musical number happening. Yes. And there were other bits that like, were fun to watch her on, but, like, there wasn't much going on. And then Winona Ryder. But then also, Winona Ryder didn't really achieve anything in this film. She didn't have, like, a mission. Nothing really happened. She just wasn't married by the end. No. <laughs> she's like 15, Harry. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. But, but well, that's how it went, wasn't it? How the film... Yeah, sure. No, she's quite an observer for most of the film. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin's story. They are the protagonists. Yeah. But and they're also a little bit dull. Yeah, and yeah. They, they don't have a lot to do mm. for the majority. Yeah. Maybe Alec Baldwin was just hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so the Dietzes, Catherine O'Hara in particular, and her weird assistant friend, Otho... Mm. The guy who climbs in through the window and then just seemingly oh, yeah. moves in. Yeah. Because he's always there at this point. He's this like pretentious New Yorky kind of arty guy, I guess. But mm-hmm. he's helping her to remodel the whole house. Mm. But it seems like he just moves in because he's there for the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Never really explains why he's just living with them. No. But whatever. They are remodeling the house and making it like really New York and fashion. And, mm-hmm. and Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis are appalled because this is their house. This is their home. And now they feel like it's being completely destroyed. So they attempt to scare the family away basically mm. yeah, and their attempts are fairly pitiful for the 
first half of the film. Mm-hmm. So they try the standards, like they fake their own deaths and they've got like headless corpse stuff and that's yeah. quite fun. Yeah, yeah but no, no one, scene. But no one can see them. Yeah. So it doesn't really work because yeah. people can only see the ghosts if they are open to them. So, mm-hmm. and the only character from the family who can see them is mm-hmm. little Winona Ryder. So, uh, and they, she's not phased by it at all. She's not even slightly phased. No. So all of their attempts fall flat. They try and get under a sheet and do the classic like woo mm-hmm. thing, which was pretty funny. Yeah. But again, doesn't work because they're just completely ignored. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to the underworld again and they try to find a solution. They ask for help. They try and find mm-hmm. out how do we get rid of this family? And they see an advertisement from this character, Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. who promises to do human exorcisms of houses. Yes. So Now, first of all, why is his name spelt not the same as the title of the film? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Beetlegeist. I think the idea is that it's like an ancient name. Well, I think it's a reference actually to an old, 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 old film. Mm-hmm. The name Beetlegeist is like, it's. I think it's like Nosferatu, you know, like the old name okay. for a vampire. But I think it's also like taking something really old school and then giving it kind of a eighties-y sounding name. Mm. So I don't know. Sure. There's something. Yeah. There's something behind it. I'm not yeah. sure. There is. It's a definitely a reference to something. But yes, he promises to do these human exorcisms of the houses to mm-hmm. scare the people out. But the other underworld denizens, including uh, the old lady, mm-hmm. who's their undead caseworker, mm-hmm. who has also played the grandma in uh, Mars Attacks. Sure. You have no memory of Mars Attacks, no. do you know? They put a big cannon against the back of her head. Her music kills them all. Um, you know, she plays yeah. all the country music. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Vaguely. Tim Burton likes using the same actors. You'll see a lot of that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, they warn Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin to not talk to Beetlejuice because he's a bad guy. He's a bad influence. He doesn't work well with others. Mm. They'll regret it. But if they do want to, they can summon him just by saying his name three times. Yeah. So it's, be- it's like Candyman. It's like Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. There he is. Yeah. Boom. So they try a lot of their own methods to get rid of the family. Like they do the under the sheets thing. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. They do the headless thing. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Their best attempt is when they possess the family at a dinner party. Yeah. And maybe... Definitely in the top five most iconic moments in this film. And probably my favourite. Mm-hmm. It's a weird route to scaring someone, I thought. But it really is, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what the thought process was. But they possess Catherine O'Hara, essentially, mid-sentence. Mm-hmm. And get us to start singing the Banana Boat song. Mm-hmm. The one that goes, Deo, Deo. Yeah. Everyone knows it. Yeah. And then the whole dinner party, which includes her, the husband, and a bunch of pretentious New York arty types, <laughs> just do the whole routine yeah and they look they're having a lot of fun yeah it's and it's a lot of fun to watch yeah it doesn't make any sense but it's no. a lot of fun to watch like yeah it's just a weird bit in the film it's it's, it's no it's another part of this film that's just and then this happens yeah. and it means nothing and then this happens and it means nothing yeah it's like it's more like the, the whole film is more like a collection of ideas yeah than a story yeah which i don't necessarily mind but it well does i think it can work it. in a lot of films but just not yeah. this one okay sure yeah fair enough but yeah they do and Catherine o'hara's facial expressions throughout this just are amazing. Mm. I just love it. Like the look of confusion while she's doing it. Like yeah. she, she's Every, Everybody's doing it. Yeah, they are, but she's just such a gifted physical comedian. Yeah. So that's great. Uh, so they do all that. It doesn't work. They're not scared in the slightest. Mm-hmm. So eventually they give up and they contact Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. So they summon Beetlejuice. Uh, he does a whole Robin Williams bit. Mm-hmm. It was a very Robin Williams performance, I thought, even though it's not, it's Michael Keaton, obviously. It was, but I just felt like it was bit too offensive to be done by robin williams yeah it's like an adult it's too vulgar it's like almost i mean this came first but it almost does feel like a spoof of the genie because mm. he's doing all these like celebrity voices and uh, yeah you know, references and yeah and it's so like 
up to 11 in the way that Robin Williams is when he's doing like genie style. I feel like it's close I feel like it's closer to a Jim Carrey role. Yes, that too actually. Definitely. Yeah, Jim Carrey definitely saw this movie and was like, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I will in for the next 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, they summon him, he does his whole riff and then he attacks the family in mm-hmm. the form of like a giant snake mm, yeah, yeah. And he very nearly seriously hurts or kills someone. But then they call him off again. Yeah. Cuz you can just say Beetlejuice a few times and he goes away. Mm-hmm. Quite a quite a weakness really yeah it's, it's not the most compelling villain when all you need to do to get rid of him is just say his name but right? nobody can say it really fast no it's true which does come up later it does yeah frustratingly annoying yeah <laughs> just do it just say yeah. it yeah <laughs> uh but yeah so they banish him again and it doesn't work the family far from being scared actually having proof that the house is haunted mm-hmm. makes them very excited and mm-hmm. they decide to turn it into like a tourist destination kind of thing yeah so then they attempt to speak to the dead mm-hmm Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis by holding like a seance. Mm. Uh, so Offo, the weird friend of theirs, holds this whole seance and summons them. But it turns out it's not a seance; it's an exorcism. <laughs> uh, he's he's reading the wrong passage or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin start to rapidly like decompose. They start to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Winona Ryder, obviously. Oh, Winona Ryder at this point has like befriended them because yeah. she's very like goffy and she's very lonely. She doesn't really seem to have any friends. And she's fascinated by it. She's the only one who can see them all the time because mm. she believes in them because she's, you know, she herself is, a, is an outsider and whatever it is she says. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so she's become friends with them, basically. And so when this happens and they start being exercised, she's begs them to stop and then she runs up to the attic and she, in desperation, summons Beetlejuice to rescue them. Mm-hmm. And Beetlejuice agrees to rescue them, but only if Winona Ryder agrees to marry him because mm-hmm. he needs to marry a mortal in order to escape from the underworld and become human again or also get back, that, to yeah. get back into the overworld i yeah. don't know something yeah something good for him yeah so she agrees reluctantly he comes back again does some stuff where he dresses like it uh basically <laughs> yeah he's, he's just doing it at this point mm-hmm. uh and he manages to stop the seance slash exorcism mm-hmm. scare the family away rescue gina davis and alec baldwin but then he starts trying to force Winona Ryder to marry him. Mm-hmm. She obviously doesn't actually want to marry him. Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin try to stop him, but he uses his magic. He like zips her mouth shut mm-hmm. and sends him. It's very genie, isn't it? it again, that's what I mean. It's very Robin Williams. Mm. There's definitely Robin Williams vibes in this film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a whole fight sequence where they're trying to fight him off and he casts them out into the Salvador Dali painting outside mm-hmm. again. But they manage to somehow... And it happens very quickly. They, they somehow manage to tame the outside monsters, mm-hmm. ride them in, swallow him whole. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, he gets devoured and they save the day. Yeah. And the film just ends with the two families living, coexisting happily together. Like, yeah. Winona Ryder loves having this surrogate pair of parents. They've got a surrogate kid that they always wanted. There was mm-hmm. a bit of a plot at the beginning how they don't have kids and maybe they struggle mm-hmm. to oh, conceive. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so that's kind of a factor. And it ends with definitely the most iconic scene the scene that everybody remembers you've seen this film mm. which is Winona Ryder levitating and dancing to Shake 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 Sonora and uh, well, why was she levitating because the ghosts were like using their magic could they do that in any other part, part of the film I guess did they lift anything up well they made everyone else do the stupid dance so presumably uh, they yeah, did I guess. Yeah. it's just a fun scene well yeah it, it, don't yeah. think about it but, yeah. <laughs> okay sure sure yeah uh, so yeah, that, that happens. They're all living happily ever after. And then we end with Beetlejuice trapped in Underworld forever, trapped in Hell's waiting room mm-hmm. for eternity. Yep. He's like number 9,999,999. <laughs> and the ticket machine is at four. So yeah. yeah. 
That's basically <laughs> how it ends. Yeah. So on a fairly fun little note. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very thin film. It is. Plot wise, not much to describe. No, yeah. there's no, there's not there's not yeah. a lot going on. Yeah. Oh well, now now we're done with Tim Burton forever. So yeah, sure, okay. That's we good. can move on to different ghost films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't hate it. It was fine. It was fun. No, it certainly wasn't like absolutely terrible, but no. just I didn't enjoy much of it. No, I think if you'd seen it when you were like eight, you'd mm. have a higher appreciation for it. I think. Yeah, yeah. My wife and I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Go ahead, shoot. Well, well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? Do you want to move on to drinking games? Sure, yeah. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So I've got drink whenever anybody summons or banishes Beetlejuice. Yeah, sure. Or attempts to. Yeah. Because you have to say his name three times, so you'll get a lot of just like once or twice and then they'll shut them down. So. Yeah. Yeah. You could also just drink every time Beetlejuice is on screen because it's really not that much. No, it's not, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that also works. Yeah. Uh, I had drink for Harry Belafonte songs, as mentioned. This film did a mm. great deal for his back catalogue. Yeah. He's, he's basically the soundtrack. Drink for a ghost. Dale. Sorry. Dale. Okay, I'll stop that. Sorry. <laughs> Drink for a ghost trope. Dale. Look. Five, five. Drink for what? Sorry. A ghost trope. Drink for a ghost trope. Yeah. Examples? Well, like the ghosts putting the, the sheets over themselves. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, moving things, mm-hmm. going, ooh. Okay, yeah, it plays around with this, the cliches quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a good one, yeah. Uh, I drink for a costume change, specifically yeah. a Catherine O'Hara costume change. Okay, yeah. She had some looks in this film. <laughs> and again, that's something I love about Tim Burton is that the costumes are always really interesting. Mm. And every time, everything she wore was really interesting to me. She, it seemed like, I don't know, the, the weirdest stuff. Like, there's a, a, her earrings w- mm. were amazing. Like, mm-hmm. she comes in and she's wearing, like, wind, full wind chimes yeah. as, as earrings. <laughs> yeah. And then later on, she's wearing other big earrings. Always, like, they're always huge, even by 80s standards. They're, like, at one point, I'm sh- I swear to God, they're just, like, dream catchers. Mm. And then there's also a scene where, she, I think, at the dinner table where she's wearing, a, she's wearing, like, a rubber glove as a hat, <laughs> which someone did on RuPaul's Drag Race a few seasons ago, which really made me laugh. Like, <laughs> And then there's another one where she's wearing, I swear she's wearing a jumper, like an old man's red sweater mm-hmm. as pants. Like she's honestly, <laughs> go, back and, go back and look at them. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, oh, the best one is when she's wearing an all white, like oversized blouse mm-hmm. with a, a single black sleeve. It's like, where is she buying these clothes? Like what occasion are they for? I like, <laughs> don't know. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. I like how she's sort of kept that in her career. Yes, she definitely absolutely. She, maybe that all came from her. Maybe that's like mm. just maybe that's not a Tim Burton thing. Maybe it's a Catherine O'Hara film thing. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, I I just love this the style. I mean, it's I genuinely cool. think it is a thing that she brought to Shit's Creek. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've seen it in a behind the scenes thing with her wigs and everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it, it just adds to that character so much. Isn't it? Yeah, this kind of New York hipster artist type that she's trying to be. It's mm-hmm. yeah, really really entertaining. Um, drink whenever Winona Ryder whines or says something angsty or goth. 
I said drink every time Winona Ryder is email AF. So it's yeah. basically the same thing. There are some good quotes. Like she's not annoyingly whiny. I don't no, think. no, no. She's no. actually quite entertainingly. Mm-hmm. She's kind of definitely got like Wednesday Adams vibes, mm. even the Adams mm-hmm. movies. Like, uh, yeah, my whole life is a dark room. Yeah. That was a really good one. <laughs> I myself am strange and unusual. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I loved it. And you, yeah, loved Winona Ryder in this. Don't bait your mother, pumpkin. As soon as we get settled, we'll build you a dark room in the basement, okay? My whole life is a dark room. One big dark room. Yeah. Drink for visual choices. This is another Tim Burton thing that I really mm. like. Like, just weird visual touches. I mean, we've already talked about the costumes and the, you know, the general vibe and everything. But, like, just individual scenes you would see, like... The sets are always really interesting. Like, mm. there's one bit where Catherine O'Hara and the husband and Offo, they're just kind of sat out in the garden or mm-hmm. in the whatever the outside bit is, and they're sat there on like garden deck chairs. Yeah, and behind them is just a single bearing wall. Yes, like the, the side, a single side of a house. Yeah, and for no reason, Offo is wearing like a kimono. Yeah. Just the whole sequence just looks like what what what's the setup here? Like why? But well, again, it's New York art decor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was really fun. I loved it. Like, yeah, it was bizarre. It was just like eye candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything like that. Uh, drink whenever the handbook is seen or mentioned. Oh yes, the handbook for the recently deceased. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. Drink for ropey special effects. Yeah, totally. Deliberately ropey. I'm not complaining. I love it. It's obviously meant to be like B movie ish, but. I don't know. I really like it. I've, I've, I always say this, but I really like it. It it doesn't look dated. It just looks fun. Mm. Like it's not like seeing a bad CGI. Like the the monster effects. They're they're so like claymationy and stop motiony, and like the yeah. backdrops always look really clearly that it's standing standing on a green screen somewhere. Yeah, like it's not yeah. remotely convincing, but it's so fun that mm. I don't care. I mean, mm-hmm. It doesn't take me out of the film in any way. It just adds to the film. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, last one I got drink for cuts to the mod- to the model town. Okay, yes. So drink whenever like the model town is like where somebody's walking around. Sure, which does happen semi. Just like yeah, th- th- he likes to do this whole thing where like his films are set in these teeny little suburbs. Like mm. Edward Scissorhands has that too. Mm, like every- yeah, yeah. everything's a little bit too picture perfect. All, all yeah. the backing characters have got like giant hair and you know slightly crazy outfits. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, my last one was drink for monsters. Every time you see a new monster design. Oh, yeah. All yeah. the underworld stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Did you have a favourite monster? Mm, I liked the one that had a different another monster in its mouth. Oh, that was good, yeah. Like, it's just so visually creative. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah. really good, yeah. Cool, okay. Well, I guess that's the drinking games. Yeah, sure. Uh, listeners, if you've enjoyed any of these drinking games or any of what we've said before or anything that we might say in the future... <laughs> Then there's only one way to find out. Yeah. Yes, uh, which is you know first of all subscribe if you're not already, but secondly if you really really like it, you you know you're hardcore like what me and John say. Hardcore. Yeah. And you want to hear just that little bit more? Mm-hmm. Then if you go to Patreon.com/slash Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe for as much or as little as you feel that we're worth. Mm-hmm. If you do, you get extended versions of the main show. Mm-hmm. So you get an extra 10-15 minutes, maybe it varies, but that's extra drinking games, extra sequel pitches, um, and extra listen submissions. Mm-hmm. Plus extra whatever else John feels like putting in there. Yeah, I'll find something. Yeah. yeah. Also, if you do that, you get a bonus show that we do where we normally review films that are in cinema, um, but we also do take requests as well when cinemas don't feel like showing films for whatever reason. Yes, yeah, so such as for the next six months. Yeah. We'll figure something out. We'll fig- maybe like watch some Netflix stuff. Yeah. There's plenty we can do. There is loads. Although I did watch that film, um, 
I'm thinking of ending things, the new Charlie Kaufman film. Okay. You would hate it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope for your sake it doesn't get nominated for any Oscars because you would hate it. Why would I hate it? I, well, I didn't love it. Uh, but, <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying, oh, I got it, but Harry would hate it. I didn't like it. Okay. But I think you would really dislike it. It's just very pretentious mm-hmm. and very wordy. Welcome to Charlie Kaufman films. Yes, but like, you know, the ones we're doing, Eternal Sunshine and... Adaption. Adaptation. Adaptation. I mean, you didn't love Adaptation. Which I quite liked Adaptation. Mm-hmm. But Eternal Sunshine and Malkovich. Yeah. Yeah, you really like those two, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, they were really good. Uh, this one was very pretentious. <laughs> it was annoyingly so. so mm-hmm. I found it intensely irritating. Yeah. Yeah, so. But it's the kind of thing that maybe might get... I don't, I, I don't actually think it will get any Oscar nominations because I think it's actually too annoying yeah but uh, if it does and you have to watch it then uh, poor you because you will not like it mm. but a lot of netflix stuff we can do yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah that's that new uh, tom holland robert Pattinson film the devil all the time oh is that netflix yeah great okay mm. so yeah that's good planning mm. on watching that one soon so yeah we'll have a review for that up soon but we have also managed to sneak a few little cinema gems such yes. as tenet and the new mutants we've actually seen it we have actually it legitimately really seen that, yeah. that film mm. so you want to hear a company yeah. you want to hear our thoughts on it um that's where you go patreon.com slash beyond the box set indeed hello i'm anna murray lauren thomas Ishao. and we've just been hired as receptionists at edinburgh newington quids in britain's premier chain of budget hotels so if you want to hear about what we've been up to or you're bored or you've heard that podcasts are cool and wanted to seem trendy search for welcome to the quids in on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts right everybody back to work Okay, uh, so I have three, but I did realise that two of mine go quite well together, which I think happened last week as well. Yes, that was but a classic. Yeah, it, well, yeah, because like, I had some separate ideas, but I was like, actually, you could combine these. So, mm, you know, mm. why not? It's more story. So I'll do my one that was separate to the rest first. Okay. And this is definitely my finished idea. And may- maybe you'll have this as well. But this was basically what if Beetlejuice but other famous ghost movies. Okay. Like Beetlejuice meets... So I've got f- I'm going to give you a few classic ghost movie crossovers and we can discuss how this might look. So for example, Beetlejuice meets The Others. Okay. So The Others, classic Nicole Kidman mm. thriller, chiller. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the plot, ladies and gentlemen, please do go back and to our back catalog about 6 months ago. Yes, we did it. It's a good film. Uh, but it ends with Nicole Kidman who is a ghost spoiler. That spoils the whole <laughs> film. Sorry in this Victorian mansion and she's kind of like nobody can ever make us leave this house she's got these two creepy little ghost children mm-hmm. and you know at the time she's managed to drive the invading family out just using her own kids yeah but maybe cut to the 21st century you know 2020 yeah and a new family moves in and they're not scared of you know weird pale-faced ghost children mm-hmm. and whatever she does she can't get rid of them yeah Maybe they're like obnoxious Americans, like the most obnoxious, because she's so brittle and English in that film. No, I, I, I think you're going down the wrong plot line there. Okay. I think that it should be rather than she needs Beetlejuice's help, mm. because she's already managed to get rid of people from the house before. Mm. She's a competitor to Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. So she's like the classy version of Beetlejuice. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So she's just like, she's become a ghost for hire. Yeah, but she's a lot more upmarket than Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like she's not gonna, she's not gonna like try and molest anyone or you know, she's just gonna no. do her job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. And maybe Beetlejuice like. Oh, oh, oh! And instead of um, 
because the payment needs to be a bit higher because she's a bit more classy. Sure, okay, yeah. Um, so she's premium. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So instead of just asking for marriage to come back to life, she wants the souls of their firstborn children. Oh, okay. Dark. Because, because like, she was the mother, wasn't she? Oh, yeah, she killed her child. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. And so she just wants more children. And she wants, like, for everybody she helps out, she takes the soul of their firstborn. It's the, uh, it's okay. the classic, you know. Yeah, like, okay, sure. So there's going to be a family who enlist her help and then realize that they've made too much of a bargain with the devil. Mm. And then maybe they call on Beetlejuice to try and drive her away. <gasps> yeah. Because he's the opposite of her in every way. Yeah. And then maybe they fall in love. Beetlejuice and Nicole Kidman. Yeah, they're like oh, so opposite. It t- she finds out that deep down she quite likes a messy guy. You know, he's so against everything that she is. I'm disgusted by that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just like Michael Keaton like that, and then Nicole Kidman being all uptight and proper. Yeah. It's a, it just feels wrong. And that's why it's so right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he awakens something oh, primal so, in her. That'd yeah. be so unnerving. Yeah. I mean, her in a different role. Like, yeah, maybe, but just like in this role, that role matched yeah, yeah. with him. Ooh. Yeah, all, the repre- all her repression meets all of his, like, expression. Yeah. And it just, it, 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 it's hot. It's a, it's a chemical reaction. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, that really put me off. Well, sorry. Um, <laughs> my next one was uh, on the same theme, uh, was Beetlejuice meets the Sixth Sense. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now, it's whether or not he meets Bruce Willis, mm. and Bruce Willis hires him for something. Oh, again, spoiling the Sixth Sense. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry yeah, if you know the Sixth Sense. Yeah, if, if, uh, if, if no, nobody knew what happens in that film, no, that's sorry. never been spoiled. Yeah. Or is it that he runs into Haley Joel Osment? Mm. Or both? Yeah, both works. Mm-hmm. But to what end? What happened well, to Bruce Willis at the end of that film? Did he, did he just move on? I guess. Did he just fade away? Or I can't remember because I know Haley Joel Osment has that whole scene with Tony Collette when he's like, you know, about his grandma, mm. and that's their story over. But what happened to Bruce? Does he he realizes he's dead? Yeah. Does he reunite with his wife? I can't. I honestly can't remember. No, I genuinely don't remember either. No. And I feel like us not remembering makes me feel like we're in an M, M. Night Shyamalan trust. Yes, it's been wiped from our brains. So. <laughs> you know, because like Bruce Willis didn't remember dying, didn't yeah. he? That's, that's, oh, that's, oh God, are we, are we dead? I don't know. That, we bound together for all eternity. That, that, that'd be the twist. Oh, no, God. No. <laughs> um, well, so we made it one week into Halloween and we're already dead. Yeah, great, great. <laughs> Excellent work, Harry. Yeah. yeah, I don't really know how to go with that one. No. When we did The Sixth Sense, what sequels did we do? Well, let's see. So, Heli Joel Osman, he's really good at just seeing dead people. He sees dead people, yeah. So, that's he would that, see that, Beetlejuice. That, that's, his, that's his thing. Do you reckon Maybe he hooks up with Winona Ryder. <laughs> sure. There yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that maybe he uh, starts finding new clients for Beetlejuice. Okay. He works as an agent. Oh, he's an undead agent. Yeah. That's good, yeah. Do you need a haunting? This guy can put you in touch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's become a sleazy agent for ghosts. That's fantastic. I like that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where that would go. All right, yeah. next, what you got? Oh, okay, we're just leaving it there. Sure. Well, I thought it ends on a high. Sure, <laughs> and, okay. Like, so, so, quit let's while you're ahead. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, and my last one on this vein, uh, I do have other ideas, which are separate, but, but yeah. yeah. Beetlejuice meets the Ghostbusters. Okay, sure, sure. But I was thinking like the Ghostbusters 2016 disastrous revamp. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every time this happens, I just need to remind myself what Beetlejuice was. Yeah. He was a demon, ghost, underworld creature. He 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 moved the living out of the dead's house. Yes, essentially. Right. Okay. Okay. 
So he would be against the Ghostbusters. Yes, pretty much. He's doing the opposite of their job. Yeah, like the literal opposite. Yeah. Okay, so it'd be it'd be, a, it'd be the fight of the ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would happen when they trapped him in one of the uh, ghost traps? Well, could they? Well, yeah, he's a ghost, right? Sure. They could just get any ghost. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe, okay, I know. Maybe the Ghostbusters get summoned to that specific house, mm-hmm. the house of Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Mm-hmm. Maybe a new family moves in and wants a full exorcism. Sure. And so they call, they reluctantly call Beetlejuice one more time to protect the house because they're actually going to be properly exercised and they're scared of that. So they call Beetlejuice yeah. to defend the whole house, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it is literally Beetlejuice versus the Ghostbusters. Yeah. It turns into a whole fight. Oh, right. In the, in her, oh, could it be like a bit of a Home Alone kind of thing? Oh, where so they set loads of traps, yeah. Oh, I was thinking the other way around. No, I mean, he sets those traps. Yeah, yeah, where, yes. yeah, so where Beetlejuice has basically had some notice that they're going to come or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's been there for, for he's a few decades. He's turned it into like a, yeah, a and, haunted... Uh, yeah, and so, and so he's just like, right, you know, just just try it. You, you've trapped so many of my friends over the years. Yeah. Um, so many of my ghost friends and, and clients and stuff. So mm. now I'm going to trap you so you stop trapping everybody else. And then all the ghosts are going to give me money or whatever or wives or whatever it, whatever it is is interesting. Sure, sure, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it was a whole Home Alone thing where, you know, the, the Ghostbusters have become the busted. Okay, I like that. I think they would do good reactions to being, like, caught up in those traps as well. Yes, definitely. That okay. cast would, yeah. yeah. And maybe in this case, the bad guys win and Beetlejuice does manage to drive them away. And at least he keeps the family safe, so. Yeah. yeah. And then they just have to, like, somehow trap him again by saying his name three times. Oh, yeah, there's still that going on, isn't there? Yeah. I think at some point he's got to overcome that. Yeah. Like maybe he befriends a good witch or something and she just like changes the spell. He upgrades his powers. Right? Yeah. Now, so, now you've got to say it. Oh, four, he just gets married. Yeah. Now you've got to say it four times, but nobody knows. Yeah. Maybe he marries Leslie Jones. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Talks her into it, you know, appears as a handsome Pos- man. Possesses her into it. Possesses her into it. Great. And then he's on the mortal realm forever. And then they're just stuck with him. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that was all my Beetlejuice meets ideas. Okay. Not sure where to go on this one, that, this idea that I've got here, but you can mm-hmm. veto it if you want. Sure. The gay decorator guy, um, <laughs> he kept the ghost book or the okay, the book for the rec- the handbook for the recently deceased. Yes, yeah. and is now an expert in the undead. Okay. Where do you go with that? So, I was, um, I, w- I was thinking something to do with. You know, I forgot what I was thinking. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so you got as far as su- minor supporting character becomes book of the dead expert. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, does he become... So, oh, go on, one sec. No, I forgot again. Carry oh, on. For God's sake, Harry. So, <laughs> I'm dead. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of this pretentious hipster artist type, mm-hmm. basically, in the original film. Uh, so he gets the Book of the Dead and maybe he becomes like a psychic show, like a medium. like a Yeah. He goes around the houses of the rich and the famous and the fashionable and does seances for them. While decorating the house. While redecorating the house, yes. Oh, 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 oh no. No, so he, he goes around and does seances, but just to basically uh, support his side business, mm-hmm. all the ghosts are always making up excuses as to why, like, oh, don't redecorate the house. Like, we'd like the house just is, which means that the alive people are just like, oh, no, we should redecorate. Yeah. And then he's like, well, conveniently enough, here's my card. He's cashing in. Yeah, he's yeah. cashing in. And the undead world are sick of it. Yes. Because he's just constantly bugging them. Yeah. And also convincing the living to make their houses look tacky. Yeah. So yeah, maybe there's this whole coalition of 
undead celebrities in particular, like <laughs> dead celebrities, because he's obviously going to go for like you know the higher end. Yeah, the rich and the famous. Yeah. So like maybe this whole, yeah, maybe the, there's this whole support group of rich and famous dead celebrities, like mm-hmm. you know Michael Jackson, Amy Winehouse, Elvis Presley, mm-hmm. you know, you name it, anyone who's died. Yeah, they're all bandied together, and they're all in agreement that they need somebody needs to stop this guy, mm-hmm. and that somebody is Beetlejuice. Yeah, and he gets set on him all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that w- yeah, that works. That's a good sequel. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. What was the title? I don't have one. Okay, fine. Cool. Um, so my last, I had, I, I had barely an idea. That no, sure. That, <laughs> oh, that was thin, but we got somewhere. I, I pitched it as a thin one. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a thicker one later. Great. I look forward to receiving it. <laughs> <laughs> so my last idea. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so this is my last idea, and it's the one that the two ideas that I combined. Yeah. So the first idea I had mm. was in the original film, in the beginning sequences, mm-hmm. uh, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, they're getting harassed by their real estate agent. Yeah. Who's like really desperate to resell the house. Yeah. And then they turn her down and then minutes later they end up dead. Yeah. And she flips the house and sells it to the Dietzes. <laughs> so I was thinking, what if it turns out that she actually murdered them? I like that. Yeah. yeah so like she let the dog on the loose. She, Which really says, feels like a... An easy way for them not to die. Mm. Just like, oh, I took a dog off the lead. Yes. That was my cunning plan all along. I mean, it's pretty untraceable, though. Yeah. Well, maybe they, she also, like, cut their tyres or something so that when they swerved, they could... Cut their brakes. Cut yeah. their brakes, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm thinking that she basically... This real estate agent, Jane, I think she's called, mm. she's got this whole racket where she murders people mm-hmm. and then flips their houses and sells them for a profit. And that's her whole business model, basically. Sure. And she's done it to many people, including Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Yeah. So that's one idea. And I'll, I'll come back to that because mm-hmm. it circles into my second idea, which is we cut to 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, this does raise the question, though. 30 years later, we're bringing back Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Yeah. Can ghosts get fat? There would definitely be a joke about it. Sure, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's just part of the humour. Yeah. You know? yeah. Don't know. I wonder what ghosts eat. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't think they could, but maybe that's the joke. Like, you don't even eat anything. How have you gained all this weight? Like, just, yeah. yeah, just, yeah just, <laughs> the, the, what, so they become just like a, a, a bitter married couple now? They're, yeah. They're, they're, actually, they're very much out of the honeymoon phase. Exactly. They've been trapped together in eternity for 30 odd years. Yeah. And yeah, they're no longer, yeah, they're bickering a lot. That could actually make their characters a lot more fun. Yeah. So that's happening. Yeah, but maybe, maybe there's also a joke because so she's like just hounding him for like his his weight and just like saying like well how do you, how do you get fat when you're dead? Yeah, and uh, maybe he just like does something about like how she's aged or something. Sure, yeah. And then she just keeps sort of like looking at the camera, just like he's aged as well. Look at him, he's yeah. grey. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> like his hair's falling out and everything. But we make Alec Baldwin look even worse than he does in normal life. Sure, sure. I sure, mean, yeah. he, look, he looks like fine in normal life. Yeah. So you'd sure. need to. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, just have drugs make him a little bit more obnoxious. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly. So they're this bickering ghost married couple now. Yeah. The, the honeymoon period is well and truly over. Catherine O'Hara and her husband, they're still living in the house. Mm. But it's 2020 and they both get killed by coronavirus. Okay, yeah. great. And maybe Winona Ryder comes back to the house to nurse them, maybe while they're sick, mm-hmm. also gets coronavirus, also dies. Yeah. It's a very modern thing. Well, they all end up dead. So now they're all sharing that. It's not that bleak. It's That was just a <laughs> reason to kill them. It's all right. Yeah, these ideas, they always start off bleak when, yes. like, you know, that's yes. how it has to be. But the idea is that now both families are undead and sharing the house. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. And it's okay at first, like, as much as they're different 
people. You know, they're yeah. you know they've all already been living together for like thirty years, so yeah, they're making it work. They're giving each other space, whatever. You know, maybe there's some comedy at first. It's a big enough house. It is. It is. Hmm. Until a new family moves in. Okay. Yeah, and this family is a family of fundamentalist Christians. Right. Sure. Yeah. So they annoy Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin straight away by being really holier than vow and mm-hmm. just you know, annoying and you know spiritual and yeah, annoying and also by you know all that kind of stuff but they also infuriate Catherine O'Hara by redecorating the house in tacky kind of you know new agey religious like there's, there's crosses everywhere mm-hmm. and you know yeah inspirational bible passages on the wallpaper like, oh. it's just, yeah you know oh, live laugh God. love all that stuff yeah. oh no stop it exactly so you're you're your face is what Catherine O'Hara's face is doing mm-hmm. so both families are horrified this is yeah. not what any of them want yeah and also, instead of listening to Harry Belafonte, all they listen to is like Christian rock and Christian country music. So, have you got a cast for this? I don't know who who could you cast as the obnoxious religious family. Um, I don't know, but Anna Kendrick needs to be involved. She could definitely be involved. I mean, we're using her a lot recently, but sure, yeah. Only because she came up recently. Sure, yeah. Yeah, let's see. Mm-hmm. I was thinking who could play like uber religious, goody two shoes. I feel like Anne Hathaway could do this. Yeah, mm. Ashton Kutcher. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that kind of vibe, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they need to rehire Beetlejuice to get rid of this family of Christians. But what I was also thinking that to loop back to my original idea is that these country Christian folks mm-hmm. they're sold the house by Jane, the real estate agent. Okay, and it turns out that she and this is when they find out that she's actually been murdering people in the yeah. community. And then they finally realise, oh my God, she murdered us. Mm-hmm. She's been murdering everybody in the whole village and yeah. flipping the houses for a profit. Yeah. And so it becomes not only about getting rid of this new obnoxious family, but also it's about getting revenge on her for mm-hmm. murdering them all. Mm-hmm. So that's what they rehire Beetlejuice for, to get rid of this new family and also to get revenge on Jane, the real estate agents. Mm-hmm. And they really want her dead. Like yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think it ends with them having her killed in some way. And then she's also trapped. So yeah. And then the stalker. So <laughs> yeah. which is nobody's idea of a good idea, a good time. But you know. Do you think they just let, let lots of dogs loose? And Could be. Yes. Yeah. She has to die. The way she car lives, off the bridge so. or something. She has to either get, she has to either get crushed by a house. Yeah. Or, um, <laughs> or, or rabbit or dogs. Or like the Wicked Witch of, yes. the, of the East or yeah. whatever. Or, or rabbit dogs. Yeah. Either or, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. Well, maybe she's not a very <laughs> nice dog owner. Maybe the dog has been like obeying her because that's what dogs do. Mm. But then in the end, there's a scene where she's like, I don't know, hanging on, onto a cliff edge or is something she, that the dog can do to kill her. Is she Cruella Deville? Basically, yeah. I don't know why I've got Cruella Deville in my head right now, but Yeah, sure. but it, it works there if sure. she's going to be killed she, by dogs. Yeah, exactly. She should die the way she lived, definitely. So Yeah. That's basically it. So that is um, <laughs> Beetlejuice 2, A Deal with the Devil. Nice. Because the deal with the devil is with Beetlejuice, the character, mm-hmm. to get rid of this lady. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, that's and a Christians, certainly yeah. a good title. Mm-hmm. I like it. Oh, thank you. I like it. Um, okay, last one I've got here. I'm not sure how much this is similar to my last idea, but okay. last idea was very on the fly. So, mm-hmm. Winona Ryder becomes a medium. Okay. But to make ends meet, she needs to find a way to really make some money. Okay. Um, so it's largely going to be... Is this 30 years later? So it's current day Winona Ryder. Yeah, sure. May as well. Uh-huh. But it's largely going to be a collection of scenes of her doing the whole flamboyant medium thing 
of like, oh, I'm sensing that you had like a brother. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, all <laughs> stuff like that. But she can just see the guy there. Yeah. And she's yeah, a phony. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Because well, well, she's not. Have, a you, phony. Ever, have she, you ever had a granddad? Well, she's not. She's not fully a phony because she can absolutely see the dead and she can oh, communicate see, with okay. the dead, just like how she was communicating with Alan Baldwin and Jeannie Davis. But they're just normal people, okay. and they speak normally. And they can speak in full sentences and everything. And she's making it all, out to be all mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Sure. So she's got that whole routine, you know, sure. with incense. Is she still long, dressing though? She dresses in the I, original. I was going to say long flowing black gowns yes, yes, and yes, okay. stuff, stuff like that. A lot of eyeliner. Perfect. Okay. Um, yeah. She's just putting this act on just to make money. Sure. Um, and so she's doing all the stuff like, yeah, I sense that you've got a brother with the name with, uh, with, with the letter J in his name. Meanwhile, the brother's just standing just, on the side, like, get on with it. Yes. Come on, like, like tell her I miss her. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yes, my name is Jamie, but tell her I miss her. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. Okay. Where do you want to go with that? Okay. Is she still working in the same town? Can, can be. Are Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin still helping her out? Are they like her ghostly liaisons? Oh, yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like when somebody dies, then Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, they're there to kind of introduce them to like, so you're dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe they've set up an agency for the recently deceased yeah. to help them to connect with the living. So if you've got any final messages, we'll get you in touch with our medium cohort on the living mm-hmm. side. And between the three of them, they've got quite a snazzy little business set up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that works. Okay. That works. And maybe Beetlejuice emerges wanting to like... Get in dis- on the action, I think. Yeah, destroy the business maybe. Like yeah. sabotage. Because you know? like, it's, it's not like his life aim or his ghost aim or whatever you want to call it is to remove humans from a dead person's house. No. He's just he's just a guy trying to make some money or just trying yeah. to get his way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he could definitely do anything. He wants in on the action. Yeah. Maybe okay, I've got an idea. Yeah, maybe it's that they set up this agency for connecting the living to the dead, mm. uh, and they get in trouble with the undead, the main undead world, like the sure. old lady with the cigarettes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because the whole rule, the the number one rule of being undead is that you don't tell the living you have yeah. to keep your secret you have to keep the secrets of the undead right, and right, they've right. gone completely against that by opening this agency because mm-hmm. they're actively creating connections between living people and dead people mm. and so they get like the entire undead world turns on them so then they, they have to hire beetlejuice to help them out basically ah, okay okay mm-hmm. yeah i like that mm. yeah because i could definitely see that this could completely change the political landscape of the undead world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It causes, it's never been done before. Yeah. Like, Hey guys, what if we do actually tell people that we're around? <gasps> wow. What a, yeah. Yeah. It's liberating. It changes everything, but the, yeah. the powers that be in the undead world, they don't like it and they're trying to shut it down. Yes. And so they hire Beetlejuice to fight back against the system. Yeah. Basically and Beetlejuice now becomes a lawyer. Cause he's basically, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the ultimate anti-authoritarian and he could do a, he could definitely do like a Jim Carrey and liar, liar style. You know? mm, yeah thing so yeah yeah no i definitely like that mm, yeah yeah beetlejuice to election year election year great <laughs> yeah, sure. was there an election involved i don't know but we, we, we could we could go there like sure. what he know, runs for office yeah i'd say that like maybe after liberating them in like a court case or something and just changing the laws like that beetlejuice is like right i am unstoppable yeah maybe he gets sick of the rules and regulations of the undead world and mm. it's like you know what i'm going to turn this on its head it's gonna be, i'm going to run for office yeah and Winona Ryder. And He's going to be the, the president guys. of the undead. Yeah, and they help to win He'll be campaign. the newly elected devil. Yes, perfect. Yeah, the, the devil gets, yeah, there's, there's a new devil. There's a new opening in hell yeah. for a new antichrist. And he, yeah. yeah. And Gina Davison. And, 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 and he's in the running. Yes. It's, it's, he's not the only, no. the only African there. And Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin are helping to win his campaign. Yeah. yeah and trying to keep him on track. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, that totally works. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's uh, two films there, actually. But yeah. 
yeah, well, I think there's definitely enough material for at least one. So yeah, yeah definitely. So that's that. Yeah, very good. Unless you've got any more. Do you want to do no, some listener submissions? I'm done. Should we go to listener submissions? Go for it. Do you have any this week? No. Okay. I have some this didn't, week. Didn't get, some, didn't get approved. Oh dear. You need to find some new venues, I think. Uh, okay. well, I have some this week. Um, quite a few people said Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, which okay. was actually, this was actually the sequel they tried to make. It sounds terrible. I'm not surprised it never happened. Okay. But for, literally for 30 years, they've been trying to get a sequel off the ground for this film. <laughs> and the idea, the script that they came up with was called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And it was exactly as it sounds. It was Beetlejuice Goes to Hawaii. That doesn't sound like a very Tim Burton uh, sort of visual location. No, well, apparently he liked it because he liked the idea of the of the kind of contrast between the Beetlejuice's Halloween-y kind of vibe mm. and literal, like, sunny Hawaii. I don't think that's enough to write a whole film around. No, no. I, I think I, there's a reason that film never got made. I don't like that contrast either. No, but that's that's what they were trying for. So. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. J. Alex Boyd said, Beetleman, or the unexpected virtue of spookiness. <laughs> Birdman. Yeah. Ah, yes. Because, you know. Of course, yes. Yeah. yeah. Dennis Fang said, Beetlejuice Cleanse. The ghost with the most manages to exercise the entire living world and shenanigans ensue. <laughs> I just love the title of that, Beetlejuice Cleanse. Yeah, yeah. Travis Owen said Beetlejuice versus Ghostbusters Requiem. We've touched on it. But sure. No. Isaiah Hand had one that I, we actually didn't think of, but works very well. Beetlejuice versus Candyman. Because uh, they're both three yeah, names. Yeah, yeah. So Beetlejuice, 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 Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Yep. Well, I'm dead. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scott Hillman said Beetlejuice runs for mayor. And let me tell you, the dead are voting and they're voting Republican. <laughs> it's not million miles off what I did. No, yeah, absolutely. Carter Grace also said Beetle just goes Hawaiian. Lydia, Winona Ryder, goes on vacation and has to recruit the ghost with the most to help scare away realtors looking to push their way into protected lands. Mm-hmm. Brad Stone said Beetlejuice 2, the legend of Offo's gold. Nice. Offo being the pretentious guy. Yeah. And finally, Brad Stone said Beetlejuice. You know, juice ah, too. So, of course. Yeah. So yes, very entertaining. Thank you very much, guys. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review, which really does help us to reach new listeners. So please do consider doing that. As mentioned before, we're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would raise us more than five stars if they could. You can find all the relevant links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Mm-hmm. And next week, Harry, it's your first pick of this ghost season. Yes. What have you got for me? One second. You knew this was coming. One second. Molly, you in danger, girl. <gasps> Yay! Yeah. I, I knew this. I was surprised when you looked at your phone because, like, surely there's only one choice. I forgot the name Molly. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> that, that makes more sense. Okay. So we're doing Ghost with Whoopi Goldberg, Patrick Swayze, and Demi Moore. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Have you seen it? Yes. Good. So have I. It's yes. a classic. Good. I'm excited to revisit it. This is going to be a fantastic episode. I'm excited for this one. This, this is what the whole Ghost season was based around. Ba- yeah, this has been building for and a while. I thought I may as well do it before somebody else picks it. True. It's been a while since we entered the world of Whoopi. It is. We've done a whoopee before? Have we done a whoopee? She, she's another one. She does a lot of franchises. <laughs> I, I, I like the saying, have we done a whoopee? Have we done a whoopee? Yeah, <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. One of us has done a whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> we must have done a whoopee.
She wasn't in Witch of the Beast, was she? No. Wow. So the closest we've come to doing a Whoopi mm. is her brief cameo. <laughs> I love that phrase. Is her brief cameo in, in in and out. Yeah. We've never gone full Whoopi. Wow. We've never gone full Whoopi. Because we couldn't do the sister act because they are famously, there's a yeah. sequel. Lion King, she does a voice in. But mm. again, and we, we've discussed it on the bonus show, but we've not done mm-hmm. the main, because again, sequels. Yeah. We've never done Girl Interrupted because, I mean, it's good, but it's kind of depressing. Mm. Colour Purple, same. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing film, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't really want to do a sequel for it. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of Whoopi out there. So this could be, yeah, this, this, I mean, this is truly classic Whoopi. This is her Oscar film. So I'm excited. I'm very excited for this. We could always do How Stella Got Her Groove Back one day. Okay, sure. Well, you know what? Let's let's get some Whoopi Goldberg films done. Yes. Let's do many Whoopies together. That's indeed. Yeah. Um, that's what I always wanted for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, guys, hope you're all having a happy Halloween yeah. um, for, for, for first week of, because there's not much else to do these days. Mm-hmm. Um, hope you've enjoyed listening to Beetlejuice with us. Yeah. And do please join in next week for Ghost. For Ghost. Best film of the year this is going to be. This is going to be a good one. I'm excited. See you next week, guys. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. <laughs>